0: All right, you guys, welcome to the Midweek Temple of Hoop podcast. We appreciate you guys for tapping in. As always, I'm here with the Bro Kings. We got a few things to talk about before we open up the room. The main two games I want to talk about tonight, Kings. The first one, uh, let's talk about this Miami-Boston game. We kind of cooked Miami on the, on the, uh, on the weekend pie, oddly <laughs> enough. And then to changed his rotation. They came out and got two really mm. impressive wins. So I got to
1: ask you, did the uh, did tonight kind of change how you look at, uh, M- at Miami at all? Not really because, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, like I always say your best player is Jimmy Butler, so he still has to <laughs> find a way to average 25 <laughs> points a night because Tyler, Her- Tyler Hero can't be your best scorer. Like, that's just bottom line. So until Jimmy Butler starts averaging twenty five to thirty a night, I'm still gonna be out on him. Um, but all I will say is that I think this game showed me more um, from when I was saw of it. It just showed me more about Boston. I think, man, like you know, I I know I, there are some people saying that Rob will is just a role player; they could replace him. But man, he his impact was crazy. Like I, I remember, I told you, like even a few weeks ago, I was just like, every time I watched the Celtics, Rob will just jumped off my screen. Like, when when he was on his rotations right. And the way he defended the paint how active he was On the boards just he was just flying Everywhere and for them to lose him But that's a that's a big Loss bro like it's not it's not Something they can just overcome by playing Whore for more <laughs> minutes like that's That's nothing to have
0: he You definitely he, he was definitely missed like they gave up a hundred To Miami bro so obviously
1: <laughs> you know <what> I mean?
0: <laughs> they, they Missed that man tremendously um yeah, I, I was our most ready to lean in on Boston going to the finals. But losing Rob Will, man, that's tough. For a team that's gonna ride his defense pretty much to lose the anchor. Uh you know, he doesn't score a lot, but right. man, that that's a lot to uh
1: to try to make up for, especially late in the season, man. It's a tough adjustment, you know what I mean? absolutely. I mean, the, the whole second half of the season run was based primarily off their defense and Jason Tame's, uh stellar offensive performance, but like you said, once that defense loses the anchor, down, now all of a sudden it's like, you have to be able to put up efficient offense now. You know what I mean? You can't lean on just strapping player uh, teams up for the whole game and, and you know getting timely buckets from uh, Tatum and Brown and then having other guys play off. Now you have to be able to put up efficient offense and score, effectively get easy buckets. Yeah. So it's like it's more strain on them offensively than I think what the roster is, is a uh, dealt to equip with, I mean, equipped to dealt with. And it's like, man, that's just, that's a big blow. I had them penciled in, in the ECF, honestly, after, during this run. But after they lost Rob Will, I was like, yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to get out the second round. Yeah.
0: I'll make sure Jab and Swish know you still hate the heat, man. I'm going to pass that word off to him, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean it's not my fault man. I, I, I didn't like the offense all year even when they was on top of the east you know i was just it's just again man i i can't you're not going to sell me with tyler hero being your main primary mode of offense like that's just not that's not doing it for me right now
0: right so the, I'm, I'm gonna probably ask you this once a week until we get there so you still let's make it out the play it as a seven or eight seed so get Miami. You got the Nets in six still.
1: Yeah, that the boy Paul in here. Yes, I do got him. Um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that we against the Nets, Paul. I've been saying this recently now. Yes, I got the Nets over the Heat. It's I, I just no, get,
0: I saw Paul in here too, so I had to I had to get it on wax for me, bro. <laughs>
1: absolutely not. I still got the Nets over the Heat, man. I just there's no way the Nets is gonna. Gen, I mean, the Heat are gonna generate enough offense to be able to outscore the Nets, and they're definitely not gonna be able to stop them. With the way they've been uh, defending right. uh, of late, it's it's inconsistent, uh, and I just you know I just don't see it.
0: Right. We see you guys. We got a couple guys, a couple guys who requested. Um, if you have a question or something you want us to talk about, feel free to use the chat. Uh, we'll address it all. We're just going over these couple of big games that we saw. Uh, again, feel free to request or put something in the chat you want to discuss or ask. Uh, we'll get to it. The second game, Kings. We we mentioned it before. We officially started the the Warriors and the Suns. Um, You said I want you to go into depth with this You said if Aiden doesn't average 25 Against the Warriors if they match up You like the Warriors winning that series Kind of explain what you meant by that
1: Yeah man I mean for me it's like you know that Aiden that size advantage Like that's been the problem with Golden State all year You know Golden right. State has struggled with Containing centers and you know Aiden is very physical In terms of like his measurables. He's not physical in terms of his play style all the time, but he's definitely physical in terms of his measurables. So just his size advantage, the way he can get up and down the floor, the way he can finish, it's like if he's dominating the interior, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a bad night for Golden State. Like they're gonna have wakes hella energy trying to contain him inside. It's gonna free up Buck, it's gonna free up CP3 to get easier buckets, etc. etc. If he's not, if they're able to contain Aiden and Golden State has to rely on book and CP3. This this is where the Golden State wing uh, size comes into factor. Knowing that you can put uh, Wiggins or Clay Thompson on CP3 and, and neutralize them because they're just bigger than him. And then knowing you have the, the size of uh, in the wings and Clay. Uh, And Wiggins, as well as even Otto Porter, to just use their size and length to bother Book on his pull ups, bother him on in trying to get to his spots. Like that's going to make life hell for them to try and win from the perimeter. So Aiden inside just opens up everything because he's going to wear down uh, Golden State. He's going to get easy buckets, but he's also going to free up the perimeter for these guys to get easier looks because now Golden State has to send these bigger dudes to help on Aiden, which is going to give, you know, Book and CP3. Better looks off, you know, breaking dudes off closeouts or or getting, you know, less help when when they uh, when they beat their man initially. So it's it's very 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 important that Aiden dominates in that series. If he doesn't, if Golden State doesn't have to put all their energy and invest a lot of resources into Aiden, it's gonna be a long series for um, for Phoenix. And I just like you've seen it all year, bro. Like they've struggled with the Warriors every single game. Didn't matter who the Warriors put out there. The Warriors, right. I remember one game where the Warriors had so many people in the hospital, and they still won that game. Like it's, it just doesn't matter who the <laughs> Warriors <laughs> seem to put out there. Like as long as they have Draymond, as long as they have wing defenders, like they just seem to give Phoenix a lot of problems. So I just, I really just don't like. Like Phoenix looks good against every other team, but for some reason against the Warriors, they they struggle a lot. So I just, just don't like that matchup for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think me, me, and you were both uh, Aiden supporters, but it's just been a lot of games this year. When I peek in, and Fiennes is so damn good, it hasn't mattered. Plus, Travell's been like low key one, right. of, one of the best backup centers in the NBA this season when he's played. But he just looks real lethargic sometimes, and some of that may be due like he thinks he's owed some money, and that may play into it. And he might be trying to avoid injury, like because obviously that affects the you know his next deal, knowing how cheap uh Sarver is, but. Yeah, man, so hopefully they get the the right. the Aiden that we saw last year in the playoffs. We like, damn, this is the dude that they drafted number one. So we'll see what happens there. On the Warriors side, there is something interesting I do want to discuss, man. So there's been like nothing big, but inklings from like a, a small section of the fan base that there needs to possibly be a conversation had about starting pool and bringing Clay off the bench, which is like kind of sacrilegious given what Clay's done in his career in his nine years there. But man, after that about five game stretch where Paul was kind of adjusting to Clay coming back, he's damn near been their second best player say for a a couple of, you know, Clay big outburst games, man. So what do you think about, you know, that kind of going around So before I, I
1: just want to get your take. I do have, you know, an opinion on this. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people were asking about that in the chat as well. Uh, You know, it's, 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 it's a tough comment to have. Like you even see, it, and somebody brought up in the chat how Kerr was, you know, OD for drawing the playoff for Clay over Poole. But I wasn't <laughs> shocked because you am saying, like, you went when you win your chips, when you went through the wars, if it wasn't Curry, it was Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? And he, and he, right. and he delivered for you on multiple occasions. So it's like that didn't surprise me because we haven't seen Poole do that when it mattered most. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something you've never seen Pool do for you. So it didn't it didn't shock me that Kerr went with all reliable. But you know at at just going off what he's done for me lately. Um the fact of the matter is pool has been better than Clay recently. Like that's just that's just the fact. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he's broken guys down off the bounce, he's scored more consistently, been more efficient, helped get make create uh more opportunities in plays for other players. And it's like you know, I get I get it. Like you want you want pool to start with curry because he will take the playmaking duties off curry will take pressure off curry but you know i i actually do get the logic with starting clay because at the end of the day um he's still clay thompson just off name alone he'll he'll generate the fear uh, spacing wise and he's still pretty shooting pretty decent i think what is it 37% like it's not his elite elite that's still you know right. pretty effective and at the end of the day his size is very very important especially in terms of, you know, like you know, protecting Curry on defense, like uh, yeah, that see that 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 that's where I was gonna go because the defense he played on Booker was like you, low key special, you feel, you like that was really feel me like that that matters, right. like that matters a lot, especially yeah. in the playoffs where it becomes a half court game. Like this pull stuff is nice when it's still up and down, It's still regular season, but when they start going half court schemes and they start running all bunch of sets and they putting pull in all types of defensive actions, and it's like he has to defend because he's on the same court with uh, Stephen Curry. It's like, that's going to look a lot different. You know what I mean? So that's why it's like, I understand having pull off the bench because that's a great six man to have. You know what I mean? He comes in, he gets his buckets on weaker lineups and he gives guys breathers and you don't have much of a drop off. You know what I'm saying? So I think people need to also understand the benefits of having pull off the bench, because if you start him with, Curry, then it's like you might have a defensive slippage and then you don't have that uh you don't have that game breaking X factor off the bench because Clay is great as a catch and shoot guy, but he's gonna need somebody to help set him up.
0: Right. I, I think the thing with Clay is the thing, it's like it's thirty seven percent, but it's like he's either made everything or missed everything. Like that's the game. So it's like right. don't you don't quite know what to expect from him like but that's I think some of that was expected coming back from injury. Like you just gotta give him some time and hopefully he's right, you know, for the playoffs. Um just the other thing. <laughs> I see this far too much. Like I'm one of the people who defend Steve Kerr. I'm like, dude, that dude's one enough. Everybody, you can't just as the Lakers are showing, you can't just run any coach out there with talent and try to win games. But that dude keep putting the ball in Draymond's hand late in basketball games, man. And and that's wild to me, bro. Like Poole was cooking. He had thirty eight points and he's a decoy on the last play, like out of a three man action with, you know, Porter, Draymond, and Clay. Um It's hard to question the coaches had that much success, but damn, uh, that 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 was kind of kind of weird to me. Um, Did you have Did you have any take on that? Yeah,
1: I mean, it just goes back to what I'm saying. Like it's Kerr being stubborn in the sense that it's like I never seen Paul do this for me when it mattered. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's that's fair. I guess I I seen Dre, I seen Clay, I seen them do it for me when it matters. So it's just him saying I'm gonna rely on the guys who won me three championships, and that's really just really what it comes down to in that, in his logic and his mindset. So uh, I get it though. Kurt, you know, cool P- pool was cooking pool was beating his matchups. And, you know, if, if you have like, for example, and that's the difference between a Kerr and like a Tyloo Tyloo. And this is why I've always praised him for years. He's such, he's such an in the moment co- uh, coach, coach, uh, coach, coach, like, like you saw it with LeBron right. when they played the, the Pacers and he had, you know, the Kyrie on the bench for the comeback, him and love. Like, he's such an in-the-moment guy. Like, he'll say, nah, it doesn't matter what Clay did for me. Like, pull cooking, let's get him his matchup, and let's go win. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter to have LeBron James. Let's get Kyrie, go one-on-one with Steph Curry. Like, Curry's not that type of coach. He's not the type of coach that's going to be able to be like, oh, this guy, you know, I didn't expect him to do this this game, so let's ride him out, and let's keep winning his matchup. He's going to be like, no, we're going to run our sets, we're going to run our stuff. And we're going to live and die with what's been successful for us. Right. Got you.
0: So the next thing I want to talk about before we get to the the, the all NBA stuff, which has been wild. Um, I keep looking at Dallas, man, and I love the way Memphis is playing, but I look at those head-to-head matchups, like, and everybody, I've been guilty of this too, is trying to give Memphis that free ticket to the conference finals. But if you watch the games, man, the the Dallas and Memphis games have been very neck and neck. Right now they would be like on a crash course to play in the second round, I think, right now. So, is there a way where you see Dallas possibly getting to the conference finals, or do you think this kind of Memphis was playing crazy without Ja? You think that's Memphis' spot to take, or can you see Dallas kind of interrupting that what everybody thinks is going to happen here?
1: Man, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to hold you. That's going to be somebody's come out party. Is going to be that series. That's all.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's come (laughs) out. I'm the next superstar. Series is going to happen. That series. So if that's Luca, if he's going to be the guy everybody said he's going to be, I will, you know, Dallas is going to be in the Western Conference final. If, if uh, Ja capitalizes and cashes in on all the hype he's been getting all year, it's going to be Memphis. So, but that's going to be the series where the next star of the super, – or superstar, I should say, the next superstar in the Western Conference is going to be crowned. So I'm, I'm really excited. I hope we do get that series because it's going to be young talent it's going to be two young teams, two young superstars, and we really going to see somebody arrive on the big stage. So, um, yeah, at this point in time, honestly, I'm not I'm not going to hold you. I, I don't know who I would pick to win. Like, <laughs> That's up there. That's so, yeah. amazing both ends. Memphis has played amazing both ends with and without John. It, it's going to be a hell of a series, man. Yeah, we talked about, you know,
0: on Sunday, how Memphis playing without John is just kind of unprecedented, man. But, yeah. Um so the NBA dropped more all NBA news this she uh this afternoon. So I see. <laughs> it, it, they got Jokic and B are eligible at forward and center. LeBron's eligible at forward and guard, mm-hmm. Lucas eligible at forward and guard. I think it was some the Rose is eligible at forward and guard. And I, and so, and somebody said, so is Tatum in the discussion too. Yeah, I, I think Tatum might've been too. I, I want to, I can't remember if his name was in a tweet or not, but so I'm asking, no, I'm was. asking, why, why don't they just go to the best five instead of doing all this? I, like I'm, I'm literally like, instead of doing this, just say, have the, have <laughs> the voters pick their best five players. Cause this makes no sense right now.
1: Yeah. It's not making no sense. I mean, even if they were to just pick the middle ground and do what they do with the all-star game, which front court and backcourt, like, right. Even that, that, that even that. Yeah, that makes way more sense than like Tatum really a guard? Come on now. Like, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like like it was already bad enough they made Jokic and MB4s. Like you knew that was just to make sure that they got their best guys, all three of their best guys, Giannis, Embiid, and Joker, all in the first team. Like that was literally what they did that for. And now because they did that, they opened the can of worms and they kinda had to expand that. Cause remember me, you had that argument too. We was like it when I remember we talked about whether the De- demar was going to be on second or third team, like is he a forward or is he a guard? And you know, and now they just go ahead and say right, okay, right. he's eligible for guard. So now it's like, well, now we got to go back and reassess because, like, if he's a guard with Chicago's record and how he's playing, like that second team is, you know, I mean, he's obviously not going to be over Morant, but at least he's getting, yeah, he has a good shot now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, it's, 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 it's tough, man. Like, they, they just really, I think they're just falling victim to like just the you know, the, uh, the the narratives they put out for certain players and how, how impactful they've been. So now they have to bend their votings to uh, to fit the uh, you know the coverage they put around certain players. So yeah, just to scrap it man. This is another
2: <laughs>
0: This is another case of the NBA taking too many cues from Twitter, man. <laughs> it, it, it,
1: yeah. Remember back in the days, bro. Remember back in the days, if you're was with snub, you got to deal with it. Stern told, Stern told people, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I, I don't give a damn who you like. Like we doing it this way and y'all going to have to deal. But nowadays it's like, you know, they're trying to appease specific sections on social media and stuff like that. And it's like, I get it. You know, you want to make the product more better to the fans and more appeal to the fans. But it's like, do stuff that makes sense. I just think they need to go backcourt, front court, and just leave it alone. Cause like really that's what back that's what hoop is now at the end of the day. Like most dudes are in the front court or they're in the backcourt. Some guys um, dip in and out both, like the Mar, the Lucas, the Bronze, but really those are like the very special few. Like it's really just front court and back court. And maybe those guys are eligible for both because they really do right, like both. Right. All right, you guys, this last 10 to
0: 15 minutes, feel free to hit that request button or ask some questions in the chat. We open it up. I think we already got one waiting for a while. Let's see if he's still in here. Bryce Stone, you still there? Yeah, Bryce, what's going on, man?
3: What's going on with y'all, What's going
0: on with y'all, man? Not much, not much. What's going
3: on? So, yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, we just finished watching the Phoenix and Warriors game or whatever, and – um. I thought that, you know, Phoenix had like no flaws whatsoever, but it was just like my issues with Aiden, bro. Like I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't here earlier. I don't know if you guys already discussed it with Aiden, but it's like, dude, he's so it's like at times like he like he's just dominant. But it's like at other times, just like, you know, he's just like, ah, forget it. Forget it. Like what y'all think the issue is, is it is it money or like what y'all think it is, bro? I think it's two things, and i
0: let Kings go. Uh, one of them, I think, you know, money might be a part of it. People have said that's like kind of been the, the rumbling around it. The second thing is you got to get the warrior some credit. Like, they, you know, Dre's very physical with him. Looney's an underrated defender. So that also factors into it. You know, those guys are very physical. And that's probably the one thing with Aiden. He's not the most, you know, really skilled. And, you know, he'll bully you if he has a size advantage. But if you push back, I think that's kind of, you know, he's not a, a banger like that to that level. So that's how it is on my
1: and Kings. What about you, bro? Yeah, it's it's funny because it's not like his motor is bad. Like he 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 gives effort. It's just his his aggression. Like you know, what I mean, like the thing with like with Ad, you know, it's a motive problem because it's just he just won't try something. Dude. Right, right, right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, with, like, Aiden, you're, like Aiden, he's trying, but he's really just playing soft half the time for whatever reason. Like, like that, like in the fourth, right, where you had that put back over three guys, but it was like point blank, and he just missed. It was yep, yep, yep. Like, yep. What, like yep. why? You know what I mean? Like first of all, why not go with the intentions of trying to dunk? And make them foul you so you don't, so you have to miss, you know, the easy dunk. Like, why is he going up trying to put up something softer or finesse when you have so much athleticism, you have so much strength? It's like, bro, you should be trying to put dudes through the rim and doing power layups and power finishes. Like, but he's so many times he's trying to do a finesse finish, like do some type of soft touch finish. And it's just like, bro, like, it's really, and like I think Cell said it, that's really just a mental thing, really. Because like when you that close to the rim, it's your your approach to finishing is really just all mental at that
3: point. All right. Anything else, Bryce? Oh yeah. And um, what's what's so with you? What y'all think about Utah, man? Y'all think it's time to blow it up, man?
0: We both we yeah. both said that on the preseason pod, brother. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we said we were surprised they came back with that same squad after that debacle in the playoffs.
1: After yeah. He, after we got ran down by the Kawhiless Clippers that should have been the green they let they let Paul George exercise his demons on the yeah
3: end. yeah exactly exactly yeah man that was a that just needed New, man, New man. Year's same jazz bro same jazz man same, same, same jazz, same jazz. alright well that's all I got appreciate it fellas
0: alright Bryce appreciate you brother my hills, my guy
1: <laughs> what's going on man
0: <laughs> what's the one miles talk to us baby
1: King say a wolf, man, and he keep overlooking us, man. Why are you talking about the Grizzlies, man? What's going on? Hey, hey hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I'm just not trying to jinx us right now, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the propaganda out when it's time. I'm just, I'm just waiting. Okay, okay. I'm just keeping you honest, doc, because
3: you know <laughs> seven. We right there.
1: I know we right there. I'm just wait. I'm waiting. The propaganda gonna come very soon. Very soon. So, where's Minnesota? Is seven right now? Yeah, we, uh, we
0: close to the next round? are catching. I think they gotta get out the playing spot. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they got uh, they're
1: two games behind the Nuggets, and they matched up with the Clippers right now. If we start to play in, we'll smoke them. I hope so, man, because Paul George got me a little <laughs> bit nervous. I don't even like smoking. Hey, I won't lie, he he really is hooping, but I mean, I just think Cat has been such a, a, a mismatch nightmare this season. I don't think the clips are ready for that. Yeah,
0: man, like for lack of a better word, like for lack of a better phrase, Cat's nuts just dropped. For some reason, this season, yeah. like that's been the biggest difference. In like for him personally, in addition to mm-hmm. Ed, S made a leap. D'Lo's figured out to become how to become a winning player. So it's a lot going right
1: for Minnesota right now. I'm looking forward to how those guys. You know, that, that's back. been a good signing for us too in the locker room. I think. I mean, I think all this, all these positive locker room things you see with D'Lo with Cat, I, I attribute them to Ant and Patrick Beverly. I think their mentalities coming in. Uh, challenging guys, you know, as challenging dudes in practice, you know, Pat Bev is challenging dudes to, to be aggressive and to be vocal. So I think it's no surprise you've seen d you know, be a winning player, you know, be able to, you know, try and do the little things that's going to help win the game. And then you see Cat being aggressive and, and ha- having confidence in the abilities. Like those things are no surprise when you have these two in the locker Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, he's got teammates around him. who actually love him. Support him. They're not trying to steal his girl.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I appreciate Y'all be you, cool, man. man. Always a pleasure. Vinay, what's going on, my guy? My brother, what's going on?
4: What's up, man? I, I'm, I'm listening to you guys on this, and I'm so happy that that King's his mic sounds so much better. I don't know if it's the app or if he got a new setup. What's going on? Both.
1: <laughs> Both, bro, like this uh, this app on the phone, but even on the recent pods, bro, I, I changed my setup finally. Yeah, <laughs> no, there we go.
4: I love that. Um, I put a tweet out today. It was Lakers related, but I don't want to talk about the Lakers. I just want to talk about what the tweet, the 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 idea behind the tweet about having a having a coach or looking for a coach that runs a starless offensive philosophy. And you guys are basketball guys. You guys watch a lot of these different teams. We just watched two teams tonight, the Warriors and the Suns. Uh, the Warriors, especially, kind of run their offense the way they normally do it. And I know some Warrior fans hate, hate the offense that, that Steve Kerr runs with the split cuts and stuff like that. But what do you guys think about coaches that run offenses that don't completely rely on, on the star to do everything? Do you think – I'm of the opinion that that's the best way to coach. Like, obviously, in crunch time, you're going to give it to your star player, but – for those, you know, those those long stretches of basketball, just running your offense with whoever's on there, it, that seems to be the winning formula.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I agree with that. My thing is just for Lake the Lakers part of it. I just, you know, LeBron hasn't done that since Miami. You know what I mean? Uh, it just, it just is what it is. He's gonna have the ball, so the <laughs> Lakers next coach is gonna have to, you know, work around that. And that's just all I gotta say about it. Really, but I agree, that's the best way to do it. If your star buys into the offense, it's even that much better. Uh, there's a high, there's a likelihood that you know you can survive him missing, you know, fifteen, twenty games. Um, if you don't have to absolutely change everything you do, but you saw, without LeBron, you saw just down eighty, down by thirty at halftime. It just, just so used to just running everything through LeBron, which is you know, it's a double-edged sword. He's so damn good at it. You know, you kind of let it ride, but when he's not there, you see the 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 ill effects. <laughs>
1: And you know, I that's just the that's a, a problem with a lot of heliocentric offenses in general. You know what I'm saying? And and, and this didn't ch- and this didn't change when he was in Cleveland early with Kyrie and Love. When he wasn't there and Kyrie and Love were playing, Cleveland's record was trash. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, so he was like- and that was and that was because of the like you said, the heliocentric offensive running. Like oftentimes it would be a pecking order, right? LeBron would be the one setting up the offense, getting guys involved, and then you'd have the uh, electric, uh, dynamic scorer like Kyrie play off him, and he'd get his in the one-on-one. But it was never really much coherency usually. Even with a guy like Ty Lue who tried to run a, a bunch of different stuff and trying to get the role players open and getting them favorable looks, it still was all based off LeBron making the reads. You know what I mean? He didn't have a guy who could replace LeBron to make the reads. So um, it definitely depends on the roster. Like even with something like the the Nets, who even though they try to run like you know a kind of a uh, Distributive type of offense is like a lot of times it comes down to Kyrie and Katie ISOs. But if you have guys who can execute, uh you know, certain heliocentric or ISO heavy type of offenses or, or, or like type of uh, stretches, like it's hard to not fall into star ball, but your point Vinay on going to starless ball, I think we're going to see that. And I, and I said this because I was talking to make about this on the last pod. but I do think we're going to get into an era where teams are going to be more depth oriented and less super teamy. So when you see less super teams and you see more depth-oriented teams, that means you're going to have to rely on maximizing multiple guys. And when you do that, you have to move away from heliocentric ball. Like you saw that with the Mavs. They moved away from heliocentric ball. You see that with the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, they can they can thrive without jaw because of the, the offense that they run. It, it helps get guys like Bain. It helps get guys like Brooks going so they can get their looks and get their shots off in their spots as well as J- uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And Tyus Jones, you know what I mean? They have they have plays and sets for all these guys. It's not just, oh, we're going to play off job. That's it. And then you see, even see with Phoenix, too. That's why campaign is able to be successful even CP3 is not there. It's like they have certain certain uh, offensive sets and certain type of looks that they want to run depending on who's the ball handler, whether it's campaign, whether it's CP3, whether it's Booker. You know what I'm saying? It, it, and then obviously you have Aiden that you can toss into. So it's the best teams you see right now are very good. At making the ball uh, move around and getting different guys going. Even with the Heat, even though I don't like their offense, because at the end of the day, they need Jimmy Butler to score. Like the reason why they've been able to get by is because is such a great guy at trying to bring the best out of all his role players. So yeah, that's just, I think that's just what we're going to move to, bro. Like it just looks like that's where the league is moving to because the heliocentric, star heavy offenses and teams seem to be doing very bad and the team ball. You know that the, we have good chemistry. We're going to share the ball. We're going to get most of our guys going. I mean, those teams have been dominating. Yeah, that that's
4: that's that was my main question. I've got some tears in my eyes right now because we're finally going to move away from from uh, Mike <laughs> D'Antoni's Harden ball, uh, which is which I thought was too easy to game plan against if you had the right personnel. But uh, that was my question, man. Appreciate it, guys. All right, man. I appreciate you, bro. Yep. Yep.
2: What's going on, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? How are you guys doing? Yeah, on, um, I was gonna ask, like, when you look at, well, last night I saw what Giannis did to uh to Philadelphia, and I was just thinking, like, I don't really see a matchup to where the like anyone's really gonna beat the Bucks because I just think Giannis is, I honestly, think Giannis is the best player in the world right now, and like I just don't see anyone. Do you guys see anyone in the East really like giving them, you know, like a serious?
0: Uh, well, for me, if if I was with King on this, if the Nets got Ben Simmons back in enough time to kind of ramp him up, uh, there was an outside shot at that, um, Boston, if they were able to keep time Lord, you know, I thought that would have been a series, but without him, they just don't have any deterrence at the rim for real for Giannis. So at this point, man, I I don't, it's funny. Like as far as like the, the both counters are such a heated, you know, such heated races, but the like the odds on pick for the finals is a, is a rematch from last year. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so I don't know, but I don't, I
1: don't see the Bucks being you know beaten in, in the East at least. It is. Yeah, you know I always said it. Like if 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 Ben Simmons comes back and he's at least able to be you know fully functional on defense, that's really where I I he'll be his most damage. Fully functional on defense, get guys open in transition. That's a scary team because now Giannis has to go through uh, Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons. Those are big boys, you know what I mean? And those, those are big boys, and they're very mobile. So that's not, you know, going through Blake Griffin. That's not going through, you know, uh, Aldridge, you know what I'm saying, or Jeff Green. You're going through very big, strong base, and very athletic uh, 6'10", uh, 6'11", uh, players. So with Ben Simmons, that changes the whole dynamic for the Nets going forward, Now, without him, right. it's just you know it's just mainly drumming. So it's like you can you can see Giannis having his way in that series and guys playing off. And, and as far- yeah, I, I I I can't see Claxton and, and and Blake
0: Griffin, you know, being huge factors in that. So you know, Blake did his like Blake did better, than I thought he would ever have done last year playoffs trying to hold some. But his legs to do that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I wouldn't I wouldn't try to bank on that. Two years in a row. So we'll see what happens. But I'm kind of leaning with you. I don't think they're gonna like run through everything like you run into a series right, at some point. But I think, you know, they knock off a couple series and see maybe first round of five, a couple of six game series. But you know, nothing that puts them on the edge, I think,
1: for real. And your point with Claxton was good because that's another thing Ben Simmons does. He keeps Claxton even more fresh, right? right. Claxton can give you a more effective 15 minutes. Right per game because now he, there's multiple bodies you can really just throw at the at Giannis in, in terms of one on one and in, in any type of wall situation. But uh, and as far as the Cs uh, go, yeah, man, Rob Williams Noah, he was balling and he had the right physical uh, makeup and the right type of mentality to be able to check Giannis in a similar way that you see Bam do. And uh, losing him, bro, like I said, Horford does a honestly. Horford does a very underrated job with Giannis, actually, if you kind of look at their matchups. But he's older now, and to rely on him by the time, baby. By the yeah, time to rely on him for extended minutes. Like you see what I mean? Like if you have Rob Will and Horford, like you're cooking. Like you you absolutely cooking there. But it's like now you just have Horford. It's like that's just not favorable. So that like honestly the it line for the Bucks, but remember, I told you that Maples. Remember that I didn't I not tell you. I said the Bucks, they're gonna look bad most of the year. They're gonna sleepwalk And at the end of the season. They're going go on a hot streak, and next thing you know, oh, they finally <laughs> one seed. Like I, I knew this was gonna happen. That's why I just didn't care what was going on. They was in the hospital. They had the championship hangover, all that nonsense. But look at it. End of the year, what happens? Oh, they about they close to the one seed nowadays. Like it's sometimes you just gotta let it. You know, when the team breaks oh, through that wall mentally, and they finally got over the hurdle. Like they be on euphoria, bro. Like you just got to ignore the regular season stuff, like half the time. I mean, I'm worried about their defense. Yeah, really. That's yeah, you know, the you should best. be. You know, is Brooke Lopez cooked to the point where you know they can't use drop effectively for a long stretch of the time? That's really the main question. He looked really good against the Sixers. I'll say that he looked out. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I was gonna ask also. Um, uh, like I was watching this this Phoenix and Golden State game, and I was just like. I was wondering, like, who who's really gonna knock off Phoenix in the West? Because I think, like, what's so important against Phoenix is that, like, you execute like in crunch time because, like, they don't, like, they don't really give the ball away, like, with uh, with Devin Booker and uh, Chris Paul leading the charge. But yeah, I just, I just really need a a team in the West to knock off the Suns so uh, Chris Paul doesn't, you know, win it.
0: I'll I'll say this. Here here's my tears. I think um, the Warriors are probably the biggest threat with the way they match up, and then after that. My second two teams are Memphis and Dallas. After that, I don't think a team can beat them, for me at least. But that's like the three teams I think could possibly there's – a,
1: there's a a, route to those teams beating the Suns, even though Suns are the favorite. Yeah. For me, I'm just going to keep it at really like – just looking at matchups, really keep it at two. I think Memphis and uh, Golden State, because I tweet about it, you know, Phoenix really struggles with dynamic guards. And, uh, you know, Mikel's great. He's long. He's quick. But if you have that first step off the bounce, like you're gonna get by him. Like even Dennis was doing that last year. It wasn't until A D went out and they could camp in the paint and send help with Aiden because they didn't care about any other Lakers big and it also Dennis hurt his ankle where they just basically made him shoot over trees all day. But like when he was getting his one-on-ones, he was he was cooking off and off the off the bounce and they couldn't stop him. And you kinda saw it with pull too. Same quick twitch guard cooking his matchup off the bounce. And you'll see it with John ja Moran, too. Same thing, quick, quick twitch guard, cook his guard off, uh, his guy off the bounce. So it's really gonna come to teams that have that the style of ball that Luca plays. It's very easy for the Suns to use uh, Cam uh, Johnson and Mikael Bridges to to snuff that out. Um, I think that I, I like that the fact that they're being less heliocentric and they're gonna use more Brunson and, and Dinwiddie. But again, those guys aren't as dynamic as like a pool or Dennis or any type of or a job in terms of getting guys off the bounce. So it's like, they'll they'll be able to stay in front, like Booker and CP3 will be able to stay in front of those guys and force them into like trying to shoot over them or, or play more physical. now playing to the, to the hands of Phoenix, who has, they have a lot of size on the perimeter. So if if you're a physical perimeter team, like Dallas tends to be, uh, you're going to struggle a lot with Phoenix. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry, this is the last one. Uh, so, in terms of the the Sixers, right? Like, I was just wondering, like, how bad is it going to be, like, for James Harden this year in the playoffs? Like, how, like, just like, because, like, when you look at James, right, what made him so dangerous is like his, you know, he used to, he used to have that that burst, like, that really explosive first step, which which was which was what made him so dangerous, right? And it seems like to me that like they're basically just putting. You know any type of wing on him, and you know he can't really get by, and you know he's you know he's trying to seek out fouls. That yeah, I don't. I just don't think that's gonna work in the playoff setting. So I'm just wondering how they're gonna, you know, how they're gonna survive in the. I
0: mean, I, I'm not picking them, so I don't think they'll survive. But you I mean, talk about <laughs> how, how bad it's gonna look. I don't know. Uh, like I think it's a couple teams that the the 76ers absolutely want to stay away from in the first round. Uh, the Nets are one of them for mental reasons. And I think they really don't want to see the Raptors or the Celtics in the first round, the Raptors. Cause they got five guys that are six, eight. I know James Hart likes to hunt switches every time he gets a screen. It's another six, eight bridging defender garden all the time. So I really don't think they want to see the Raptors in the first round or, or the Celtics specifically, but the East is going to be all about matchups, man. These like four games between the one seed and the play in, So it's not about the record for me. It's all about matchups.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, the Harden, it's it's, it's it's a sad sight to see, but it's what happens when you don't take care of your body, you know? it, it breaks. That's sad for me. It's, it's, it breaks down faster. Uh, he has so much skill still, so he's still able to be effective. but you can easily see, like you said, when he put the wing on him, to see him struggle to get off off the bounce. You see, one of the things Braun did when uh, – because, like, Braun had this stretch, funny enough, where you would put wings and he would, like, be visibly un- uh, uncomfortable trying to get off the bounce but What he did was he, st- he started adding the post. He started adding the post fadeaway board, started backing guys guys down more and being comfortable playing with his back to the basket. Um, Harden, yeah, and taking mid-range shot because he knew, okay, he I can go around these guys with generation uh, gener- or lifetime speed. You know what I mean? Once in a lifetime speed with my size, I can't do that no more. So Harden has to find a way to get more crafty over the offseason because, as we see, his burst is gone. That's just, it's not coming back either. So he has to find a way to get more crafty with his dribble combos, with his pick and roll, using, finding his floater, finding his, using a step back to the mid-range game and not just trying to hunt step back threes and uh, trying to get to the rim only. So he's going to have to get really crafty with his moves. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to do it as quick enough as Philly needs. So uh, I don't expect them to do much. Like I said, their Phoenix, I mean, Philly's uh, playoffs always came down to is Harden going to finally show up and deliver uh, as we saw when they played the Nets, he absolutely will not. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they probably going to lose either in the first or the second round. They're, they're going
2: to lose. Already. Yeah, that's it for me. That's it for me. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. I uh, can't wait for the next uh, episode of the pod so I could hear Kings right about the L- <laughs> right, man, I'm done, I'm
1: done the, I've been done with that team, man. I don't know why I have to keep talking about that team. but <laughs> All right, y'all.
0: We appreciate y'all. Make sure you subscribe. Follow the pod. Give us feedback. Shout us out. We'll be back live next week. We appreciate y'all. and We are out of here.
1: Thank y'all. Peace, y'all.